You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to In a Perfect World, where we learn what we can choose to put in it. I'm Pamela Merritt from The Way of Cats. Visit my website at wayofcats.com and I would be thrilled to help you find your way. Today, I'm going to explain the three types of cats, the alpha, the beta, and the gamma. This has nothing to do with domination. Cats do not form hierarchies. Their leadership structure is very fluid, with each cat asserting themselves according to their expertise. It has everything to do with the three types of cat personality. I came up with the three different cat types when I was running my amateur cat rescue. I realized that, even on short acquaintance, certain cats reminded me of certain other cats. These cats shared readily identifiable body and behavior clues. This would let me know who was going to hide and who was going to stroll into the place and make themselves at home. They sorted themselves into three different cat types. I called them Alpha, Beta, and Gamma because I'm a big fan of the science fiction novel Brave New World. The author had used these designations because, in his imagined future, each person gets engineered into these different categories. Our three different cat types have been engineered, too, by their genetics. That is why their cat type clues become so distinct when they are as young as six weeks. This is how certain breeds match one of the types so reliably we can look for the breed indicators and know more about the cat. This is entirely different from the concept of the alpha dog who bosses the other dogs. That's because cats boss themselves. But the alpha cat does have some assertive qualities that can make it look like they want to be dominant. What really motivates the alpha is that they want things a lot more than other cats. Our youngest cat is an alpha. His name is Tristan, and we got him as a three-week-old orphan. We can't tell what cat type a three-week-old is. They are still at the furry slug stage, and at that age, it can be tough to tell if they are going to be long-haired or not, or what shape their ears and paws are. By six weeks, these clues can tell me what they are likely to grow up to be. My first clue with Tristan was that he was short-haired, which moves him more towards the alpha side of the spectrum because long hairs tend to cluster in beta and gamma types. My second clue, and it was a big one, was when the vet showed me his little tail tip was bent at a 45-degree angle. She said as far as she could tell, this was congenital, not an injury, which meant it was genetic, which meant he was part Siamese. It might seem funny to people that this distinctive purebred would be running around the North American cat population. But we have to remember that the delightful Siamese has been a favorite for decades. And people being irresponsible sometimes, an intact Siamese can get out into the population and create quite a few ripples. So it's not at all unusual to find what we think of as somewhat exotic breeds right in our local shelter. So this was my first clue that Tristan would probably be lean and long-bodied, and he turned out to be so. As soon as six weeks, he was elongating into a long cat. He also had the distinctive 
Siamese coloring. His paws were oval and dark, and his paw pads were dark, too, indicating the color was not just in the fur, but in the skin itself. Siamese are known for their points, those dark masking on their faces, tails, and feet. So Tristan developed a very dark end of his tail and the bottom of his paw pads, thanks to his Siamese heritage. At his very early stage, when his eyes were still blue, he also looked a bit cross-eyed. While this straightened itself out, it was also a signal of his Siamese ancestry. But that's not all there was to him, because while he was still only three or four months old, what they call ticking began to be evident in his fur. This is when there are bands of white in the cat's fur that makes their fur look frosted. And this was very distinctive with Tristan, creeping up as far as his head as he grew older. This is often an indicator of an Abyssinian kind of cat, which are also alphas. What kept him from being a perfect storm of an alpha is that there was also some what they call British and American short hair genes. He had a lot of round shapes in his face. These round shapes are very distinctive and indicate some of the mellowness of the classic beta short hair. So we didn't know how much of these cat traits had gone into Tristan. All we knew is that he was going to be more lively, playful, curious, and focused than the average cat. I call the alphas monkey cats. And I should know, I had a capuchin monkey when I was a child. Public service announcement, do not let my dad take any small child into the pet shop. They will come back with something. So we have the interest in climbing and acrobatics with the alpha cat. We have their manipulative curiosity because they want to shape their environment by themselves. Whether they're successful or not doesn't stop them from trying. And they're what I call the mad scientists of cats. They're very interested in cause and effect. They want to know what happens if they drop this in their food bowl or knock this off the shelf. So we need to have lots of toys and games and interesting things to do to keep our alpha happy and occupied. While alphas can be demanding in what their needs are, they are also incredibly charming, affectionate, and enjoyable. Alphas are the original temple cats. As we see so often in ancient parts of the world, these are the cats that hang around their humans, making them laugh, craving an audience. They are the hams of the cat world. They love fiercely just the way they love to explore fiercely. So this is why alphas have so many fans and will continue to see a lot of development in the oriental cat breeds. And, like Tristan, their mixes. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more In a Perfect World. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. 
It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a six inch tray for large bowls and a four inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back for more In a Perfect World. I've been explaining my concept of the three cat types. And if alpha cats are monkey cats, then the beta is the dog cat. They are boon companions. They are the Dr. Watson to our Sherlock Holmes. I see this because they were the original ship's cat who gets along with everyone. That is how they spread all over the world and became so popular. Most cats are beta cats, and there's one for every style, from the long-haired northern breeds like the Maine Coon to the short-haired Scottish Fold. Reverend Jim is our most beta cat. I knew this about him early on because his face looked distinctively like the Maine Coon. This, however, was practically my only clue. He was a long-haired cat, but the only long hair was coming out of his ears. Because he'd been so neglected, he looked like a short-haired cat. He had been so starved, he didn't even look like a kitten. But he had a big sweetheart, and I knew how to fix his troubles, and he's become the heart of the house. He gets along with everyone, from rowdy little Tristan to our senior and dignified James Bond. Because... Beta cats love companionship. One of the big things about betas is that they're very easy to keep provided their companionship needs are met. Never get one beta. We need to have at least two. And you know, dogs and toddlers and birds to watch and hamsters to enjoy. These are all things the beta does better than any other kind of cat. Social and sweet. They have a big, big heart. Their cooperation skills are based in the fact that while the alpha wants to control their environment, the beta sees us as the way to control their environment. They want to cooperate with us to get their needs met. So this makes them very social, very communicative, very open to our input. And alpha can seem like they're ignoring us, but that's because their focus is so much on what they're doing at the moment and whatever is engaging that busy little brain. Beta cats spread out something of a radar network, picking up on other living beings. Even their favorite toys are prey substitutes, like furry mice. We have a quart of furry mice on hand at all times because we have so many betas in my house. Everything about them is keyed into other living beings. How can we tell a beta kitten? One of my favorite methods is what I call the box test. If we can bring a good size empty cardboard box with us, we put a prospective kitten in it. The alpha kitten will immediately get out because they don't see anything interesting here. 
The gamma kitten will sit in the middle and look up at us with big eyes, waiting for input from us. But the beta will explore. They take things as it comes. Sure, they don't see anything interesting now, but they're willing to give everything the benefit of the doubt. They are mellow. One of the things about beta cats is that they exhibit one of my favorite unbreeds, what I call the softball-headed cat. If we have a big muscular cat with a big old softball-sized head and a kind of short tail and fur so thick and plush it stands out instead of lying sleekly, we have a cat with a lot of short hair in them. And American or British short hair, they're two distinct breeds from the way it branched when the colonies got started, are the core beta breed. Hugely popular, paw in every gene pool in the Western world. Because betas are everywhere and form such a large part of the cat population, we find that betas run a spectrum that can go from almost gamma, like my James Bond, to almost alpha, where our Olwyn is kind of heading towards. Because cats run along a continuum. You can have an extreme alpha and extreme gamma, which I've had both. So betas can be very shy and quiet and detail-oriented like a gamma, or they could be lively, a bit bossy, and very focused like an alpha. So there's a tremendous amount of variation. If we start with the beta and then start adding things we'd like, my goodness, there is no limit to the kind of cat we can pick out at the shelter if we know what to look for. Betas are also the cat who fares best at the shelter because shelter workers pick up on their companionship tendencies and are able to encourage them. Whereas an alpha is usually bored from lack of input and can look depressed and uninteresting. And the gamma fares even worse. Because if there's anything a gamma cat hates, it's too much input. And the busy, rowdy shelter, often filled with the barking of distressed dogs, is a gamma's circle of hell. But we can find them and bring home these marvelous cats once again. If we know what to look for with the gamma traits. Remember in the box test, they're the ones who look up at you pleadingly? That's a gamma's best expression. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more In a Perfect World. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back for more In a Perfect World. The Gamma Cat is what I call the teddy bear of cats. These are darling cats who hate to be a bother. 
easily persuaded to leave things alone, very cooperative, and delightfully affectionate. But they are not as easy as we might think, because the gamble will suffer in silence until they can't suffer anymore. We can't let that happen, so we have to check in with them and learn their charming little ways so we can make sure they're getting what they need and want. One of my favorite cats was a gamma, my little rescue, Smoke Puff. Smoke Puff was so gamma, he wasn't getting a home. I got him as a kitten from a Christian biker filmmaker who had rescued him from the bad breeder who was trying to turn out these rare cats, the Chantilly Tiffany line of cats, but had bumbled the genetics because this poor little guy just sat there and quivered. He was so shy. Now, this guy had to run down to Daytona for the big meet. This was a core of his living. He had to leave, and he couldn't leave the cat somewhere. And he said, it's you or the shelter, and when faced with that, I'm a pushover. Well, by giving Smoke Puff the right environment, he started to bloom. By connecting with him, using cat kisses and gentle petting and giving him a room of his own, he started realizing, it's okay. I can be myself. I can be loved here because I had turned the volume down. This is what gamma cats are about. They're so delicately sensitive. They're so attuned to the fine details of life that when too much comes in at once, they just sort of shut down. They can't handle this much input. But when we give them a smooth, happy environment, the gamma is able to show us the best parts of their sweet, quiet, gentle nature. A key point in any cat type is how they handle their environment. Alphas want to sort it out themselves. Betas want to work with us to get it the way they want. And gammas don't even know the environment can be manipulated. It kind of all baffles them because it can be too much input at once. So our responsibility for our gammas is to make sure they get their needs met, they get enough cuddling, they get enough of the kind of crackly, sparkly toys they love. Because the thing about Gamma is the low input. If they have a toy that crackles when you barely touch it, or has one of those holograms in it, I mean, get one of those hologram bookmarks and amuse your Gamma cat for hours. This is the kind of thing they like. The volume turned down, the intricacies of little tiny changes makes a Gamma happy. It also makes them the most easily trained cat of all the cat types because they hate to be a bother. They don't want to manipulate objects or go tearing through the house. The core breed of the Gamma is the Persian. Sweet, placid kitties who want to be admired for their beauty, cuddled for their big hearts, and generally happy with just lying around and, you know, having a nice look out the window now and then. They're excellent cats for people who have low-input households, who have some fussy hobbies that don't need an alpha getting in there trying to improve things. So a gamma can be a delightful choice. And in the shelter, they're the ones who look overwhelmed. They're the ones with eyes the size of dinner plates going, Give me some earphones, people. I am getting too much input. But if we get them in a quiet spot and send them some cat kisses, this is how I tamed Smoke Puff, we will have a delightful and devoted companion.
When we learn to recognize the different cat types, we will know a lot about how this particular cat or kitten is going to fit into our household, what challenges they might offer, and what they will need to be happy. We will know how they might interact with guests and dogs and children and our other cat. We will buy toys they like and have the right spots available to them to hang out in. Many people prefer a purebred cat because they don't understand the cat types. They know they want a certain kind of cat, and certainly getting a purebred is a wonderful way of knowing what we are getting. There's nothing wrong with that. And we also get a cat whose mother has been cared for and who has been socialized and gotten good food and all those things that help them grow into a cat who is happy and loved with a minimum of effort. If we do want a particular cat breed, the number one piece of advice I give people is don't cheap out. This is not a time for bargain shopping. Good breeders take care of their cats, and this is reflected in the price. Bad breeders let the cats get inbred, don't address medical issues, and let the unwary bargain shopper wind up with a cat who has serious problems. Smoke Puff had genetic problems. He wasn't the brightest of cats, although he had a great heart. But at the age of seven, he had to have those oversized canines of his pulled because they had suddenly and spontaneously developed a raging infection that threatened his brain. He bounced back from that, but at 13, he developed intractable seizures and we had to let him go. And this outcome represents a best-case scenario of the badly bred cat. Smoke Puff's problems were handleable, he reached double digits in age, and he was a delightful companion to both cats and humans. He and I were both lucky. Most of the time, these cats have medical problems which are difficult to treat, they have personality problems which makes them difficult to get along with, and they often don't get to live out a full lifespan. So what cat types offer to the cat appreciator is the chance to experience not one breed, but two or three in the same cat. They don't have to go to a breeder to get the results they want. They only need a way of recognizing cats with the traits they want in the kittens that are being given away, in the cats who need homes at the shelter. If we want a rowdy play machine, or a sweet cuddle monster. We can pick them out with confidence if we understand the cat type clues. I have a popular post on my Way of Cats blog called Gracie's Babies. This starts with a charming photo of six little kittens, obviously of mixed heritage, since they are all rather different from each other. In that post, I explain how I can figure out their cat types just from this photo. Once we know what clues to look for, we will be astonished at how much we can figure out about our own cats, our friends' cats, and our future cats. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.